Pulse Podcast Network, keeping your finger on the pulse. PulsePodcastNetwork.com This is a gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Have you been searching for the best ticket deals around? Well, look no further. With TickFlix, the price you see is the price you pay. And TickFlix just happens to have over $6 billion in ticket inventory just waiting for you. They absolutely mean it when they say every ticket, every venue, everywhere. And you can save even more with promo code PULSE in all caps to save you 5% off your total purchase. Just go to TickFlix.com and click the search bar. Search events based on your geographic location. Pick the show you want, and bam, it's showtime. Sporting events, Broadway shows, concerts, and more with TickFlix.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for the email newsletter so you can stay up to date on the latest news and savings with TickFlix. That's TickFlix.com. T-I-S-D-L-I-T-Z.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. It's episode 86. And we'll cover the 2019 Buckeye Year-End Tournament, who won the respective brackets by hoisting the championship, and how yours truly fared for 21 straight broadcasts. Also, who's getting closer to playing for a state championship in ice hockey? Who's currently leading both basketball standings in their conference, and how the rest of the local college hoops are doing? There's one last hockey tournament in town, that and a recap on my first basketball playoff call on the home for local Sunday sports, the gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Welcome to another installment of the gem on the Queen's Crown. The Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Visit theleewmallon.com slash podcast to subscribe and listen on your favorite podcasting platform. Opening theme provided by Brian Boyko from freepd.com. Follow along on social media on Twitter at theleewmallon and on Gem on Queen Crown. And now for our host, Lee W. Mowen. This theme will self-destruct in three, two, one. Oh no, the podcast exploded. Can't continue. I'm just kidding. So, the Buckeye Year-End Tournament, in case you did not listen to episode 85, it is a large youth hockey tournament spanning... Lots of local rinks, Sports Plus, Northland, South Metro, that's where I was, Columbus, Indiana, and it used to be a couple other rinks. Uh, Indian Hill is one as well. I had all 21 calls at South Metro on YouTube, and I thought there was 26, but there was a couple blank spots on the schedule, so it was kind of nice to have a little wind-down time and a little you know, time to rest my voice. I like to go through who won their respected championships. The first two are games that I called, and I will let you know what the brackets are. We'll start off with the 12U single-A gold bracket, the first championship we had at South Metro, and it was Compton's Indian Hill Rangers 3, Finley Junior Trojans of Karens 2, 
By the way, if you're wondering where the random names are coming from, not the team names, that's the coaches that lead those teams. That's the head coaches' names. So there you go. Compton would be the head coach of the Rangers. They played in three games, won all three games, although Finley made it certainly interesting in the last few minutes of the third period. They have this one two-way player. It's just ginormous. And Indian Hill had a tall defender as well. And 12U would be the peewee level. So you're talking not quite high school level yet. They're going to do some damage in whatever they choose to go. Whether it be Indian Hills high school program or you know Finley's high school team. Which is kind of meshed in with the youth program there. Which I, I dig. Again, that's the 12U Single A Gold Championship. Indian Hill wins it 3-2. to And the 12U Single A Silver 1 Championship, the Dayton Stealth of Reed defeat the Waselkos Columbus Capitals 6 nothing. And I mentioned on YouTube, former equipment manager of several Dayton hockey teams, Joseph Cox. His son is a goalie on that squad. And he, along with the other goalie in thought, they combined for a shout-out against Columbus, and that was a very, very nice win. It's also very nice, too, for you know yours truly to see a local team hoist the championship, which Indian Hills, Cincinnati, but at the same time, you know, Dayton. That didn't sound like a homer at all, did it? Actually, Dayton's youth hockey squad came home with several championships, as I'll go through there. Again, both those calls are on YouTube.com slash South Metro Sports if you're interested in watching those. It was a lot of good hockey. There was only about, well, counting that Dayton game, I guess, two, three blowouts. So the rest of it was close hockey. We'll talk about the 10U single-A bronze upper bracket is Boyd's Bloomington, Indiana Blades defeat the Clanky's Indianapolis Racers 6-2. The 10U single-A gold Indy Junior Fuel of Funk falls to the Ravensburg Indy Racers 5-1. You gotta love both those coaches' names. Ravensburg, Funk. Why couldn't that be at South Metro too? <laughs> you played all your games at Northland? Nah, come up South Metro. The broadcasters once say Ravensburg a couple times and Funk. That's great. I did learn something before we get on to more championships. I did learn something that made me sad. The Indianapolis Racers, you might know, first pro team that Wayne Gretzky was a part of before joining Edmonton and the first pro game being a hair arena. You might know that. I might have said it a lot of times on this podcast. But apparently the Racers and the Indy Junior Fuel are going to merge and become one ginormous Junior Fuel Youth Hockey Association, which is great. Don't get me wrong. That's If it helps grow the sport in Indy, then I'm all for it. But it's also you're losing a, you know, you're losing a name like the Racers, who, which has significant historical ties to Indianapolis. The Fuel, five years in Indy, which is great. Here's hoping for 55 more or, you know, how, how long type of thing. But it's still a little sad you're losing the Racers name on that. So again, Ravensburg's Indy Racers defeat their crosstown foes in the Junior Fuel of Funk 5-1 in the 10U Single-A Gold Bracket. 10U Single-A Silver, it's Graders Dayton Stealth 4 and the Indy Junior Fuel of Mullen 1. 10U Double-A, 
It's Andrea's Cincinnati Swords defeating Gaz Columbus Blue Jackets 5-4. to four. If you look on the website, it says Columbus Chill, but I can tell you that they donned the Blue Jackets kit, and CCYHA is the organization's nonprofit name, and it's based on the ECHL Chill, which was responsible for getting NHL to Central Ohio. Sound like a lot of those Columbus broadcasts. I kept mentioning that, just in case, you know, people didn't know. And it's also weird, because you see Chill, and it's like, Chill hasn't been around since, what, that 99-2000 season? But yeah, there you go. In case you wanted to know. Another Swords win, this time in the 12U-AA, as McDonald's Swords defeat the Gwitz Junior Fuel of Indy 3-1 to for the championship. In the 12U bronze middle bracket, Holly's Indy Junior Fuel comes up one goal better over Bass's Bloomington Blades, 4-3. to The 12U bronze upper bracket, you'll have the Columbus Indiana Flames of Nelson defeating the Rangers of Indian Hill, 3-0 of Valento. 12U single A silver 2, it is Campbell's Racers 5, Louisville Ice Cards of Burton 4. 14U, this is Bantam, single A bronze upper. Gedman's Blue Jackets defeat the Geosun's Bobcats of Athens 2-1. 14U single leg gold. It's the Junior Red Hawks of Sens defeating Heakins Indian Hill Rangers 3-2. 14U single leg silver. It is Schmidt's Bloomington Blades. One better over the Columbus Indiana Flames of Hoy 2-1. And lastly, the 14U sing, or the 14U double A. It's another win for Dayton as Stalbom's Stealth team defeats Chan's Junior Trojans 1-0. Like I mentioned, most of those games were really, really close. At South Metro, we had uh, two to three blowouts. The last Bantam game we had, it was a consolation game between the Newark Generals of Weiss and the Swords. Trying to think what that Swords team name was. But it was seven to four, and that Cincinnati team scored five. At South Metro, we set up in the lobby, and the ice is long way up and down. So really, there's no near or far side. You know how you normally watch a hockey game? You watch. You don't watch the ends in front of you and the far ends way down the ice. It's normally you know you see both ends pretty clearly. I uh, got five of those goals that second period. I always appreciate when teams score when I can see it. I joke, I joke, but that's the Buckeye year-end tournament, and like I mentioned, that's 21 games under the pocket, and there is another hockey tournament to tell you about, but more on that later, as we'll jump to Columbus to talk about the ice hockey playoffs. It's Elite Eight time, and the last Sunday team remaining were the Muller Crusaders. Muller fell to Liberty. And with Liberty's win, it sets up Dublin Jerome versus Olentangy Liberty. In the last state poll ran, which is last regular season, the Celtics were third in the state poll. The Liberty Patriots were sixth. And that's going to be March 2nd at Nationwide. And the winner of that game has the winner of Gilmore Academy and University School. This is the Kent District winner. And to tell you a little bit about both those teams, Gilmore Academy... They've been first, second, or most of the year in the state of Ohio. Tied for first with St. Ignatius, 
In the last poll, university school tied for eighth in the same poll. So whoever wins that Celtics-Patriots game is going to have a big battle on their hands. And that will set up the Final Four. It's hard to believe, but the state championship is March the 9th. And that is played a nationwide. And that does symbolize the end of high school hockey in the state. Which is a little sad. Of course, ECHL, AHL, NHL rolls on for a little longer. But at the same time, that's pretty much the end of winter sports. And speaking of winter sports, let's go collegiately for basketball. I mentioned on the preview there is one team that leads both the men's and women's side of their conference, and that would be the Raiders of Wright State. It's been a great year for WSU hoops as Wright State's men's and women's team picked up home wins against Cleveland State and Youngstown State, whereas the Norse, they picked up, the men and women picked up wins against YSU, the women believe picked up the win against CSU but the men did not that's right Cleveland State coming in winless on the road taking on Northern Kentucky who's undefeated at home and the Vikings pull away with that and that happens to be the biggest present that the Vikings gave to Wright State because that means the men are now one game up on Northern Kentucky with two games left to play the Raiders are 12-4 and in Horizon League action as the sights now turn to Wisconsin. That's right, it's the dreaded Wisconsin trip. Now, when I was in school, it, it's always a tough place to play. Green Bay and Milwaukee. Milwaukee being, even though they're ninth, Milwaukee Panthers have handled right state quite well in their home gym. Green Bay, it's still a tough place to play up there, but... The Phoenix are tied for third with UIC and Oakland. The Raiders need to win these games. No doubt about it. I know Milwaukee's probably going to be, you know, the chip on the shoulder needs swept. But at the same time, it's that Wisconsin trip. Two wins, and the Raiders are regular season champs. That's all there is to it. Sounds a lot easier than I'm making it, but... If Wright State continues on this hot streak that they have immersed themselves in, I'm seeing two wins in America's Dairyland. Northern Kentucky will also have that trip, the men will, but the North start off at Milwaukee. Wright State starts at Green Bay. Milwaukee, like I mentioned, is ninth and a half game up on last place Cleveland State. In this year's Motor City Madness, which is the Horizon League tournament for both men's and women's, I believe you have to be in the top eight to qualify. Milwaukee is in ninth. We'll talk about the women's teams now. As Wright State first in Horizon League at 14 and two, one game up on Green Bay, and two games left for the women as well, both in Michigan. The Raiders will take on ninth place Detroit Mercy. On Thursday, and for Norfolk, Kentucky, they have the same trip because they're travel partners, which I like that system Horizon League has put up. The Norse women are sixth in the Horizon League at eight and eight. They'll start up with eight place Oakland on Thursday. So the women's team of Wright State, both losses have been away at Youngstown State and at Green Bay. It's a very strong squad. 
went cold a little bit in their win against Youngstown State, but they managed to pull it out away from the Penguins. So that means if Wright State wins their two games left, the women's basketball team will be Horizon League champions. And it'd be the first time in a very long time where Green Bay hasn't won a regular season championship. Like I mentioned in previous podcasts, Green Bay is kind of the top of the mountain for women's basketball in the HL. And for the Phoenix to have not claimed a regular season championship would be kind of like the world is ending type of thing. You just, like I mentioned, Green Bay's won, I want to say since the late 90s, but it might even be before that, but there you go. So good luck to both Wright State and Northern Kentucky in the Horizon League chase. The Raiders are in the driver's seat for first place. And wouldn't that be sweet to have two regular season champs at the home of the Raiders? We'll now talk about the Dayton Flyers. Good seasons for UD. The men are in third in the A-10, picking up their 11th conference win last night with a smashing at UMass 72-48. A half game back at Davison and two games back of first place VCU. And also last night, other than the win over the Minutemen, Obi Toppin smashes Chris Wright's single-season dunk record, which was standing at 66, and Toppin has made that record at 71. Chris Wright, you might remember the Trotwood Madison product playing at UD. It's always really neat to see the local talent stay at Dayton and Wright State and have magnificent careers like Wright did at UD. So Toppin, what can you say about Toppin? I know Brian Reese, my good friend and co-owner at GCSN, mentions him as Obi-Wan Toppin. A little Star Wars reference for you there. But Toppin has played amazing. And it's great to see. It's great to see the Flyers do well under second-year head coach Anthony Grant. There's three games left for UD, and two of them are at UD Arena. The Flyers host Rhode Island Friday, LaSalle next Wednesday, and Duquesne will be on the road next Saturday. The women Flyers are tied for fourth in the A-10 with Duquesne at 9-5. and five. They're coming off a road loss at George Mason after defeating Davidson at home in OT. I was running the officials replay. Officials needed me three times, uh, twice to check on timing, and one to check on a possession. Uh, I know... Who cares? But at the same time, what a great OT win. Davidson stormed out to, I think it was a 12-point lead early in the fourth. But then the Flyers tied it late. It was Jayla Scaife, an amazing player for the Flyers. I think it was 2.3 seconds left. And her field goal tied it up. And then Dayton outscored uh, Davidson 16-2 in the OT frame to take the win. Satisfying win. The women's basketball flyers have a road trip to Fordham today, which is Wednesday in this day of recording, and then St. Louis at home for Senior Day on Saturday. And now we're done with the two D1 schools in Dayton. We move on to Oxford to talk about the Red Hawks. The men's team are tied for fourth in the MAC East at 7-8 and eight with the Akron Zips. There are three games left for the Hawks, two at home. 
Buffalo on Friday, Kent State on the 5th, and it's a battle of the Brecks in Athens as Miami takes on the Bobcats on the 8th. The women are doing amazing this year. First in the MAC East, first in the MAC at 12 and 2. That is one game better than Central Michigan, and I want to say Ohio as well. An 11 game winning streak turned in by the Redhawks. Outstanding. Miami's got three games left as well, two at home, although the Redhawks have to take to the road at Buffalo Saturday and then host Ohio on the 6th and Akron on the 9th. And now we head down to the Queen City to talk about Cincinnati and Xavier. First up for the Bearcats, a great season again for the men's basketball squad, 12-2, and which is good enough for second, one game back of the Houston Cougars, who have already clinched a first-round bye in the conference tournament. There's four games left for the Bearcats. Cincinnati's at SMU today. Cincinnati's hosting Memphis on the 2nd, back on the road at UCF on the 7th, and Houston at home on the 10th. That Houston game is huge because Cincinnati would like to extract a little revenge in their loss at U of H. The women are doing well as well. Third place in the American at 10-4, and four, one game behind UCF and four behind UConn, and the Huskies are 14-0 and in conference play. Two games left for the women Bearcats. As Cincinnati hosts USF on the 2nd and then taking on Tulane on the road on the 4th of March. And lastly for D1 coverage, the Xavier Musketeers. As the men are tied for 5th versus Seton Hall at 7-8. and eight. And let me tell you, if you're not 1st or 2nd, you still have a very good shot of a 3rd seed because it is a log jam there. I mean, Marquette's in 1st place, Villanova's a game back. And Villanova suffered a setback at Xavier. That was a great Musketeer win. I was listening to that on the radio and just how well Xavier took care of the ranked Wildcats is outstanding. The Musketeers have three games left. There are two on the road. It'll be a road trip to St. John's tomorrow, a road trip to Indianapolis to take on Butler on the 5th, and the last home game will feature St. John's on the 9th. The women are in 10th place in the Big East at 2-14, and 14, and the women Musketeers have a home game versus Villanova and a home game versus Georgetown. And that is your look on D1 Hoops in the Sunday area. Lots of exciting action. Support your teams. As we'll take a break here on the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Hi, this is Lee W. Mowen of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. And are you looking for something new in fantasy sports? The All Sports League is a 10-person online draft where you pick two full teams. Instead of players, you pick from eight different sports for a 16-team roster. It goes something like this. If you get the first pick, would you go with the NBA strong arms of the Golden State Warriors? Pick the World Series defending Boston Red Sox. Or would you head to the gridiron thinking that Clemson repeats or Alabama knocks them off for a little revenge? Online drafts start on June 16th, but spots are filling up quickly. Come check it out at allsportsleague.com. This is for listeners of the Gem on the Queen's Crown. Use the promo code POSTS and the number one and get 10 bucks off. Again, promo code PULSE 
and the number one to get $10 off. Sign up today and get to work with your new challenge of learning the rules and creating your very own big board like never before. We'll see you there at allsportsleague.com, promo code PULSE1. We'll continue with part two of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast, in a moment. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is 8-Bit Ray from the Gorilla Brain Podcast, part of the Pulse Podcast Network. Did you know that you could be using this spot to advertise your company or business? Well, I've done the research, and PodcastInsights.com report that podcast listeners are loyal, affluent, and mostly college-educated but most importantly are five times more likely to interact with the ad they hear on their favorite podcast than an ad from any other medium. If you would like to advertise your company or brand with our network, it's simple. All you have to do is send an email to marketing at pulsepodcastnetwork.com. I'll say it one more time, marketing at pulsepodcastnetwork.com. And we hope to hear from you soon. And welcome back to episode 86 and now it's time to talk about the newest hockey tournament in town. I'm talking about the first annual post-OHSAA district, otherwise nicknamed as The Pod. And it's happening this weekend, March 1st through the 3rd, at the NTPRD Chiller. If you know me, you know how much I just want to call it Springfield Chiller, because it's in Springfield. It's at 301 West Main Street in Springfield. And there will be 12 games played the first annual pod. And you might wonder, why pod? Why post-Ohio district? Well, the purpose of the pod is to give the seniors a little bit of a chance to go out their last year without looking back. It's like, wow, that Columbus team smashed us by 10. Again, going back in the stats that Coach Gutterman brought up, the Beaver Creek High School coach, that half of the games, the first round, were decided by seven or more goals, and 19 of those were by 10 or more out of 50 games. So that's why the Academy Hockey Club folks made the pod, and the first game will be Alter versus the Dayton Stealth JV squad at 620. Then it'll be Indian Hill Winter Club versus the Troy Trojans at 8. And 9.40, we'll have the Beaver Creek Beavers take on the LaSalle Lancers. So there are four teams involved uh, out of the high school level, uh, affiliated with a high school, I should say, because, you know, the other two are high school level, just not hooked up with a high school. Was that confusing? I hope it wasn't. I apologize if it is. The teams participating, you have four high schools in Alter, Troy, Beaver Creek, and LaSalle. You have a junior varsity program in the Dayton Stealth and the Indian Hill Winter Club, which is a youth hockey association at their lovely, lovely rink. Like I mentioned, it's all high school level hockey, but four of those are a high school team, Alter Troy, Beaver Creek, LaSalle. And it's nice for those seniors to get a chance to play in a game where they're not looking back and it's a lopsided affair against them is a chance to play in the tournament. I heard a couple people say that, eh, if you lose, you lose, and that should be it, which I get. I see the two sides of the coin, but it's also nice to have more high school hockey. 
especially since I will be up there broadcasting it on YouTube. You can find the links at the Lee W. Mowen and... You can join me for one last weekend of hockey. If you're wondering, well, aren't you going to Kentucky? I thought I mentioned it Friday. No, I'm not. It turns out that the folks in Louisville decided to go with a high school broadcaster that's working for free because he's in the area. So, no trip to Kentucky, which it it does make me sad. I'm still a bit angry on it, but... I mean, I was looking forward to this weekend going to Louisville, seeing a city that I've never been to before, and to find out the week before, it's it's disappointing. I, I have no ill will. I'm still disappointed by it, but whatever. So, I get to go to Springfield, my first look at the Chiller. I've heard it's a very nice rink. In the CHC, the Capital Hockey Conference, sometimes the Cincinnati or Dayton squad, which Muller and Springboro, will play a Columbus team there just to kind of meet halfway and kind of save both teams the trip down to Cincinnati or Dayton. So I'm very, very excited to be bringing you some of this pod action. I will be joined with Kent Jacobs on the call. There's three games on Friday, six on Saturday, and three on Sunday. The three on Sunday is the placement games, meaning if you do well enough, you will host the pod trophy. Again, Alter Troy, Beaver Creek LaSalle, the Dayton Stealth JV, which were the regular season winners in the Ohio Scholastic Hockey League, but fell in the tournament and the Indian Hill Winter Club as well. I'm excited. I'm excited because I've covered... The four squads. I've also seen the Stealth JV at the Miami Valley Freeze Tournament. The Indian Hill Winter Club, I have not seen since the first year covering Centerville Hockey. We went down there and I found out that I was way underdressed and my hands cut almost blood red by the time we were all done. <laughs> oh, it's a cold rink, but it's awesome there. Uh, unfortunately, if you want to visit, you have to have a membership to be a part of it. So, there you go. Just off Ward's Corners, Ward's Corner Road. Ward's does not have multiple corners. It's just one corner. It's by Loveland. It's inside the 275 Beltway. And like I mentioned, really nice. So, it's very exciting to see more high school hockey. I like the idea, and I cannot wait to bring you more hockey. As my hockey season's going to end after this week... As college baseball is home next week, but more on that later. And now it's time to talk about the playoff broadcast I had last night. It was on WTGR 97.5 FM. If you saw on Twitter, you'll know that National Trail came away with a very decisive win. I was very excited because being from Preble County and seeing National Trail do so well, it was very nice. Our Cam's got a solid team as well. It's back and forth in the first quarter, and the National Trail started to slide away with it. And the Blazers will now take on Middletown Madison, a team I saw before my broadcast. And the Mohawks are the real deal. Grant Wisman and the Mohawks are quite outstanding. They beat Milton Union 70-32, to 
And that's almost the same margin. They beat Dayton Christian 70-30. If you look on the OHSAA bracket, I have no idea why it says Dayton Christian won. But, hey, mistakes happen. Everyone's human. So there you go. So that will be Saturday. And there will be an episode I will dedicate later to boys basketball playoffs. I did hear that Twin Valley South fell to Versailles, and that was covered on WTGR, the game before mine on radio. Good run for South. Great CCC title year. And it's nice to see the team from West Alex do good things. Like I mentioned, I don't get a lot of basketball calls anymore. Uh, my entire basketball schedule is on WTGR. I mentioned this year that was only my second game with the station, which I, I, I want more. I want more bo- broadcasts for basketball because mainly I do hockey, and people that follow their hockey teams might know me. I'm not going to say they do know me, but I try my best, and I've turned out to be a pretty solid hockey commentator where I'm not getting much of a chance with any other sport anymore, but there you go. So, Anytime I get a basketball opportunity, it's it's a big deal to me. And I felt like my call was very good. Of course, there's a few things I slipped up there. I'm starting to worry about my speech patterns because now I'm starting to kind of slip a little bit. And I worry a little bit about that, you know, because I need speech to do my job. So, very good game. National Trail come out on top. Talked to a couple Blazers fans after the game, and they were surprised that I knew, you know, National Trail, Monroe Township, Preble County, Lanier. There's a couple old school names for you there, just in case you're curious. And now we start the end of episode 86. I can't believe I typed out four pages on the latest episode document I have, and I feel like I bulldozed right through them. I mentioned college baseball is home next week. Of course, that determines on how much rain we get or snow we get. Hopefully none. That noise was me knocking on wood and knocking a plate down. Excellent. Everything happens here on the podcast. But yeah, the Dayton Flyers will have a couple home games. It'll be Tuesday against Purdue-Fort Wayne. Wednesday, I think it's against Bowling Green. Let's check that out. Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. As of right now, I have 30 games on tap for March. That's a lot. But, hey, I like a lot of work. The Flyers will have a lot of home games next weekend. Like I mentioned, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is part of the Wright State UD tournament. Sunday will be Wright State hosting Dayton, and that will be my first Wright State game on the year. And it is Bowling Green. Wow. How's that for flash memory? But yeah, Purdue-Fort Wayne on Tuesday at 3. Bowling Green Wednesday at 3 next week. Friday, next Friday, Flyers host Ohio and Wright State will host Canisius. And then the two away teams will swap for Saturday. It'll be a doubleheader as Dayton hosts Canisius for two games starting at noon. And Wright State will host Ohio for two starting at noon. And Sunday the 10th, Wright State will host Dayton. And I cannot wait. It'll be my first look at Wright State. It'll be my first look at the Flyers. Dayton's coming in 1-3-1. And and Wright State's coming in 2-3. They took 1-3 from... 
what was it, 18th ranked Oklahoma State? They're in the top 25, the Cowboys are. The second game got away from the Raiders, but hey, I'm happy the Wright State has taken two wins away from two top 25 teams. And what a way to build the confidence, build the brand, build the monster, as they say at Wright State. So college baseball is home next week. Depending on how wet it is, there might be cancellations. There normally are, but, you know, knock on wood, there aren't. Because I want to start college baseball right away. And college softball gets underway a little bit later in the month. I do softball for Wright State. And it will be Wright State Dayton scheduled. And that's scheduled for March 20th, a Wednesday. And it's a doubleheader at the WSU softball field. Hope you join me there. I'm trying to think what else there's going on in the Sunday area. I mentioned the crew are now on Fox Sports Ohio. That's official. FC Cincinnati picked a radio partner. I think... They have three stations that are going to carry all their games. There's seven games that are going to be radio only, which I'm cool with. I love radio calls. And this is from TV Keese on Twitter. John Keesweater. I think that's Keese. Maybe it's Keis. Who knows? New FC Cincinnati radio deal for all 34 home and away game matches on WDJO. 1480 AM, 99.5 FM, and 107.9 FM in the Cincinnati area. Seven will be exclusive on radio. 27 simulcast on Star 64, the former WB channel in Cincy. And MLS play starts 10 PM Saturday. So FC Cincinnati's got a new home for their games. It used to be a couple matches on 1530, which is Cincinnati's ESPN station, which Normally I can pick up around here until I go on Marshall Road and then the big power lines kind of bring in 1410. I'm like, no, I don't want to hear Ohio State. I want to hear FC Cincinnati or whatever ESPN has. I don't I don't even know. All I know is Stephen A. Smith has made very, very wrong statements the past few weeks and everyone is mad about it as mistakes happen, I get it, but, you know, maybe if you're not strong in a topic, don't you know don't not do your research, so do your research so yeah MOS play starts, Cincinnati's at uh, FC Cincinnati, excuse me is at Seattle, and the Sounders place where it broke the loudest stadium ever in North America with, what was it 138 decimals, something like that maybe it's 108, it's 100 something I know that much, and this has been a couple years ago. But, yeah. Can't believe it starts this Saturday. So you can listen to it on radio if you're a radio nut like me. Again, WDJO, 1480 AM, 99.5 FM, and 107.9 FM. And the article is from 91.7 WVXU. Clicking on the article pulls up the WDJO radio network 99.5 FM 107.9 FM 1480 AM which is WDJO oldies station it's nice to still hear oldies and I still can't believe that oldies is now considered part of the 80s Ugh. love 80s and 90s music and there's going to be there's going to be a time where it's going to be considered classical music isn't it 
listen to classical music, you'd hear, you know, Led Zeppelin, you know, Def Leppard, ACDC, and oldies will be ugh, Justin Bieber, Taylor Swift. I don't like today's music, as you might hear, because I'm the old man that yells at the cloud in Dayton. Well, not really. I don't like yelling. And it mentions last year that the home games were only broadcasted on 1530, which is a 50,000 watt station. And I'm a little, I'm a little surprised it's not on a sports station. I mean, 700's got the Reds coverage. You're not getting on 700. I mean, tape delay maybe, but nah. If you're, if you're in a top league, you're not getting tape delayed. You're getting your games live on radio. So, it's very exciting. And I'll have to remember to program that in my radio so I don't go on 1530s. Like, why are you not carrying FC since... Oh, right. But I will tell you something. If you're looking for a late March college basketball ticket, go to TickSplits.com. Guaranteed seats, guaranteed emotions... It's a resale marketplace, not a box office or venue, and they come with a 100% money-back guarantee where your tickets will be valid for entry and will arrive before the event. And I did have a look, and if you go on sports, yes, you can get Dayton Flyers tickets, Cincinnati Bearcats, Xavier Musketeers, Wright State Raiders, Norfolk Kentucky Norse is on there. You can get them. And again, you use... The promo code PULSE in all caps, and you can save 5% on your total purchase. TickSplix is the official ticket provider of the PULSE Podcast Network. That will officially wrap it up for episode 86. Sorry, I was stalling for the last few minutes talking radio and then other things. Episode 87, coming to you soon. And we'll talk to you then as episode 86 is now in the books. Podcast Network. This has been another installment of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, the local Cincinnati and Dayton sports podcast. Closing theme by James Anderson from FreePD.com. Follow the podcaster on Twitter at the Lee W Mowen, spelled T H E L E E W M O W E N, and the podcast on Twitter at Gem on Queen Crown. Like the Facebook page, the Gem on the Queen's Crown. For every link and platform available to listen to the local Sunday Sports Podcast, please visit the Lee W slash podcast. Would you like a question about sports answered on the podcast? Send a message on Twitter at either account or visit theleewmowen.com and click Contact Me and your question might be answered in a future episode. Thank you for listening and your support of this podcast.